0: Welcome to Haves Unfiltered, episode two seventy two. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson.
1: Good morning.
0: So we are recording live on YouTube uh, on August twenty first at eleven thirty Atlantic, ten thirty Eastern. Uh, and this week, a couple things happened. A couple, you know, nothing nothing that would help the franchise shape itself for the next two to three years. You know, not like a trade or uh, a franchise goaltender essentially ending his career. Nothing like that.
1: Well, according to Chantal McAfee, they're not talking retirement right now.
0: Well, we'll get into the carry Price stuff <laughs> later. What I wanted to do was start with the trade. So the Canadian's, go out and spend 27 hours trading for Sean Monaghan from the Calgary Flames. Now it was announced that he was going to Montreal, but nobody knew for what and what was going back and forth or anything for about six hours after the trade. And judging by the conditions that were attached to that first round pick that are going to Montreal from Calgary. So that Montreal would take Monaghan's contract. that made sense.
1: well it did those conditions are uh they were put in place by nasa using the uh top uh uh, geniuses of our time to uh sort it all out um so i think yeah i think that's what took a lot of time figuring out because if we'll get into what the pick the conditions are but if the pick goes one way then there's other conditions on top of uh the Florida pick, so they had to really dive into this big oh, yeah. conspiracy theory, mathematical equation of conditions. Cap this Friendly was really busy.
0: Oh <laughs> Yeah. This is essentially what it would be if you were to write conditions for a trade uh, to put on the show Ancient Aliens on History Channel.
1: <laughs> I think, uh, actually, I think they had to go to the pyramids and read the hieroglyphics to see what the conditions were from you know back in 686
0: bc Um, well that is one of the conditions that's how you do the it's a scavenger hunt you you find you find some ancient alien technology in egypt then you you indiana jones your way over to some random crevice in africa to take you to australia and then you fly to i don't know some temple of doom where you 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 rip some guy's heart out of this chest, but inside the heart, there's another note that takes you back. You know, it's just one of those things. What's
1: that? That brings me up to a question. What Montreal Canadiens player would make a good Indiana Jones?
0: A little off topic. Uh, Yeah. Out of left field. I like it. I like it. Good Indiana Jones. It's a tough one. Uh, Who looks good in a fedora?
1: I'm going to go with Josh Anderson.
0: Okay. okay actually he's
1: more of a chris pratt i would think I, I think he's more of a yeah yeah he's more of a more of a G-
0: guardian of the galaxy type. yeah yeah
1: i don't know that'd be a good um, one can't be gallagher oh yeah
0: yeah i can see him swinging along some uh, around something with a with a whip
1: yeah yeah i think you're right chris weidman yeah, that's a good choice he's more of that
0: workaday look
1: yeah yeah mm. and cole caulfield could be short round
0: yes he can <laughs> um, all right so a little bit back on topic um all right so the canadians pick up sean monaghan they pick up a first round pick along with sean monaghan and unfortunately the canadians had to give up something very special uh something that's near and dear to all our hearts and that is um future considerations i i just want to i want to say thank you to future considerations for everything he's done for the franchise we are going to miss you
1: that that it's a huge loss always be in our hearts it's a huge loss uh it is yeah i had my future considerations jersey like i just got a couple weeks ago and uh, that happens now he's gone actually technically every jersey i have except for my new suzuki one they're pretty much all gone now so Eh. (laughs) yeah
0: Okay, oh, yeah, great kiss of death. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to the conditions. I'm going to read these things because I'm going to be honest. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's been a couple of days. I'm still trying to nail down how this is going to work. But essentially, the Canadians get a first-round pick. It's just not going to be 2023. So Wait, first condition.
1: Well, it, it could be. Uh, no. Oh, I thought it could be. No, it
0: can't. No, it can't. This was all basically so that Calgary can protect their 2023 pick. All right. Okay, everyone set aside a couple hours. This is going to be a while. Get a coffee, maybe a beer. It's better if you, yeah, you know what? You're better to be drunk to listen to this. I should have been drunk to read this. But anyway, first condition. In the event Calgary's own 2024 first is selection 20 to 32 inclusive, following the determination of the 2024 nhl draft lottery results then montreal shall have the option exercisable until 48 hours prior to the start of the 2024 draft to exchange the conditional 2025 or 2026 first round choice to become calgary's own 2024 first round choice so basically the habs can choose to have a 20 to 32 pick in 2024 if Florida's 2025 first round choice transfers to Calgary pursuant to the conditions on that earlier trade. So you're going to have to do an addendum Annex A to go research that. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, So you, you, that, you know, Canada's only uh, that pick if Calgary holds it.
1: I have it here. It's uh Okay, go ahead. If lottery, pro- it's lottery protected. So if Florida is a lottery... Team at the conclusion of the 24-25 season, Calgary receives Florida's 2026 first-round pick.
0: Which takes us to condition number two. In the event the conditions to trigger Montreal's option, as noted in condition one above, does not occur or Montreal declines to exercise this option, the following conditions will prevail. A- if both calgary's own 2025 first round choice and florida's 2025 first round choice as previously acquired by calgary are not in the top 10 selections of the 2025 nhl draft following the determination of the 25 draft lottery results then montreal shall receive the either one of the two stated choices or b If Calgary's own 2025 first round choice is a top 10 selection and Florida's 2025 first round selection previously acquired by Calgary is outside of the top 10 following the determination. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Montreal shall receive Florida's 2025 first round choice. So essentially if Montreal turns down the 2024 pick in the following year, Calgary's pick is in the top 10, but Florida's isn't Montreal gets Florida's pick if both are outside the top 10, then Montreal gets Calgary's pick.
1: Or the, isn't it the highest pick?
0: The higher of the two picks, yeah. Correct, yeah. Now, can, further onto that, uh, if Florida's 2025 first-round choice does not transfer to Calgary, the if in the event the conditions to trigger that, transfer doesn't occur if Florida's own 2025 or first round choice is not in the top 10 selections. Oh wait. Holy geez. No,
1: it has to be in the top 10 to not transfer. It has to be in the top 10. yeah no. <laughs> Uh
0: okay if Calgary's own holy shit this is long. You can how can you tell a lawyer wrote this shit? <laughs> My God. Okay if Florida's own 2025 first round choice is not in the top 10 of the 2025 NHL draft and Florida's 2025 first has been transferred to another NHL club and Florida's 2025 first round draft position is better than Calgary's Calgary's 2025 first round draft position. Then Calgary's will transfer their own 2025 fourth round choice to Montreal. So essentially if Calgary finishes, I I think uh, they get the, the top 10, they don't have Florida's pick Montreal, they get Montreal gets their following seasons, first round choice plus a fourth. Uh, if Calgary's on 2025 first is a top 10 selection, Montreal shall receive Calgary's 2025 first round choice subject to the following conditions. The first round selection the first, yeah, first round selection. If it is first overall in the 2025 NHL Draft following determination, blah blah blah. If they win the lottery, Calgary will retain that choice, and Montreal shall receive Calgary's own 2025 third, and a conditional 2026 first round choice. Montreal shall receive the better of Calgary's 2020 uh, 2026 first, or Florida's 2026 first holy shit so So essentially they got a pick somewhere in the next 50 years and it's either (laughs) Calgary's or Florida's and if it's anything but first overall uh, they have a shot at it unless it's Florida's then it's anything outside the top 10
1: they have a shot of it if Calgary in 2025 if Calgary's at the bottom 10 unless it's first overall so if it's second overall they still get the pick
0: yeah so the best case scenario is for Montreal to wait out until 2025, have Calgary take a, just a giant dump in the 24 season, uh finish in the top 3 and get that pick. No problem. Either way, in 2025
1: or 2026, Montreal gets a first round pick. we
0: 2024. Uh right, Twenty twenty four.
1: 2024. 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Calgary say finishes out of the playoffs next year, they're a top 20 pick, Montreal can say, oh well, we'll take the we'll take that pick. And we're picking top twenty.
0: Yeah. Essentially they were paid a first round pick somewhere in the next couple of years and for and this was done to protect the 2023 draft pick for Calgary because it, it's fairly clear now that the uh, NHL GM see 2023 as a very deep prospect rule. So nobody wants to give up those picks right now
1: which which will be interesting we're going to get into this later the trade deadline
0: yeah so uh sticking with the monahan deal yeah so monahan is now with the canadians uh he has had a wrist surgery both hips uh surgically repaired uh in back-to-back seasons i think it was his left hip this past april uh he had his press conference uh and he mentioned that he is in the best physical shape that he feels he's been in in several years so he's gonna the expectation is that he will be able to play sometime in early November I mean Canadians aren't expected to do anything good this year I mean outside of picking in the top 10 I don't the expectation is not there so he's coming into the perfect scenario for someone coming off a major injury
1: he is he can he can slide in easily uh there's no pressure on him there's no uh you know just come in i i believe he's going to be there and this is just my thought to help doc in the uh in the center position um i don't think he's staying with the team i know uh uh first he's going to miss miss the first month of the season maybe the first month in a bit um okay unless he comes back a little early, but like you, like I've read the same thing. It looks like early November is when he's going to be due to come back. Um, There's five centers uh, that Montreal has. So someone's moving to the wing. Uh, However, there's also 37 wingers. Um, So, you know, Paul Byron's going to be out. To at least christmas maybe the entire year we're not sure where his hip we're actually not even sure where byron is there's been no word but we know his hips bad so uh,
0: yeah, I, my expectations he's out probably until christmas time judging I, by I, what he had done
1: yeah i figured it's the same as last year out till christmas and then uh, after yeah. christmas we'll see see where he's at um so montreal really has a log jam at wings and now they have a log jam at center something that they didn't have last year at Center they had not enough centers so now they have too many um but uh, I think bonahan I think it's a good move by Montreal an expiring contract um so they're not obligated to any more years after this year uh there's six million over the cap but uh prices lTIR and byron's lTIR is gonna cover that um so they're not too worried about that. They still got to sign Doc. Primo got to be signed, but his money would be buried in the AHL anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I believe Monaghan's there to help Doc along. He's insurance in case Doc, because we know Doc has an issue with face-offs. Um, uh, he was yeah, 38%. I think that was more
0: physical. That was more physical because of his wrist. They rushed him Correct. back. Now Correct. With, a little, with an off-season, maybe that's improved.
1: But I mean, if you have Monahan working with Doc, maybe throw him on the same line. You know, you can, yep. you know, if Doc's struggling at the face-off circle, you throw Monahan and throw Doc because Doc did play wing for the Chicago at the end last year. Um, but I think they want Doc to be their center. They want to, they want to develop him as a center, and I think it's good to have yeah. a uh, a good defensive face-off center to uh, to guide him along. I think that's a great idea.
0: know, with Monahan the best case scenario is that he comes back 100% healthy and he starts to produce again. Now, by produce, I don't mean the 80-point center that he used to be. I'm talking more like a 50- to 60-point guy. I think that's the best case scenario, absolute best case. At that point, the choice is, do you flip him for another first-round pick or do you keep him on a long-term deal? I mean, I'm, I noticed a lot of people on Facebook saying, hey, we got a center, let's keep him. But let's pump the brakes.
1: He, listen, he, they're not going to grab an expiring contract so they can extend him, especially a guy who's going to turn 29. He's 28 this October. He'll be 29 next October to start the season. He's hitting his 30s. He's going to want at least a five-year contract. At least, right? Yep. Uh so now you're looking at a guy that you're going to have an injury-prone center who's not what he used to be uh, playing until he's 34 um, or sign until he's 34 if it's a five-year contract. At $6 million, he's going, to take, he's going to have to take a pay cut no matter where he goes. It's not really going to be. Yeah, but I if he has a lights-out to... season, if he has a lights-out season, yeah. he's like, hey, I'm back. My injuries are over. I'm the same guy I used to be. It's just Montreal right now has too many 28 and over guys signed to long-term contracts. They don't need another one. Uh,
0: no, no. And I think the whole idea of this move um, is essentially asset management. They got paid oh, a first to time. take on the contract. Yeah. If they rehabilitate him and he's doing well, I would say it's 99.9999% sure that they flip him at the deadline. Now I'm leaving a little bit of leeway there and not very much that they sign him to keep him, just because, you know, life is unpredictable, but let's be honest. The the more obvious decision is to flip him.
1: It's the same as the data enough scenario. They they got dad enough from yeah. Vegas just so they can have assets to trade at the deadline. Uh, they're in a rebuild. They're not looking at, uh, they're assessing the players they have now. Um, they don't want, they, they don't have any room to keep any almost 30-year-old players if they want to bring in their young guys in. You have Jan Mysack, who's probably closer to the NHL than everyone realizes. Um, he's a center. You got Jake Evans. You got Doc. You got Suzuki, right? Um, you got Dvorak. So, I mean, Dvorak's 26. He's uh, you know, he's still in his prime. Um so you already have five centers possibly next year uh throwing another sixth one who's close to 30 just doesn't make any sense for a rebuilding team
0: and also you think about it the 2023 draft in the top 10 the top 10 right now projected out of those 10 first top 10 picks uh seven of them are centers yeah So it's very likely that the Canadians add another center to their prospect pool, someone who's maybe a year or two away. So why would you try to jam it up? Not to mention you look like you mentioned the log jam back forward. Why keep these guys when you have people in the, in the minors that you can just call up.
1: Exactly. I mean, you have guys, you have wingers now, like Armia and Huffman and that you're looking for people to take them. Like, we need room here like how's a how's a guy like Yolonin or uh uh- Mace, M- maser the other first round pick there
0: uh yeah, sure. yeah.
1: massar you get Yolonin, massar uh, harvey, uh Pinard. harvey Pinard. you got these guys that are gonna be looking for spots in the uh in the n h l and there's just no room for them there's absolutely no room um so I don't. I don't see it. I just don't see the logic and extending Mon. Even if Monaghan breaks out and has an eighty-point season over seventy games or whatever it will be, um, I just don't see them keeping him. I, I just don't.
0: Let's. And that's that's assuming that he is willing to sign a contract with the Canadians to stay yeah. on board yeah. during a rebuild. If if he does break out, you know, a, a decent season shows that he's healthy again. You you kind of have to flip him. I mean that that's your best case scenario. The next mid mid range scenario is he, he's meh. He's just kind of meh. He's good on face offs. He can help the younger guys. He spends that that the the bulk of the season helping out there, but he's not really producing all that much. Well, you still flip him at that point. You get whatever you can for him. whatever that may be. It doesn't matter. You just move on so now you pick up two assets for future considerations again we're going to miss you
1: yeah uh yeah and and this like i like you said and i've said and i've argued it with a couple people on twitter who still think if he has an excellent season we need to extend him. I, i don't see where you i don't get it i don't get that logic um because the ass you know, this the assets he's going to bring, especially if you can get an extra 2023 first round pick. Because the 2023 first round pick, mind you, we say this every year, uh, the 2023 first round pick is going to be deep, and it's not just the until, top
0: until we get to April, and it's going to be horrible.
1: Yeah, well, actually, they've been saying for the past two years now that this is going to be a deep draft. There's like, and we're not just talking ten to fifteen; we're talking the entire, almost the entire first round is going to be. Good picks. Um, so you know, Montreal's just gonna pile up on young prospects. Now, I don't think they're gonna go after draft picks for everyone they get rid of. Um, I think we're gonna get into that later, but uh yeah, if they can get one or two more first-round picks. I mean, that's something Bergevin didn't do. Bergevin never really got first-round picks. He got a lot of second-round picks and third-round picks. But he was never able to manage and,
0: sixth.
1: and fifth. Yeah, but he was never able. Like I mean, oh, Bergevin got 13 picks, and yeah, but they're all second round and below. Like he only still only had that one first round pick. But it looks like uh, they want to do the rebuild correctly. And if they want to do the rebuild correctly, signing on a almost 30 guy to a 30 year old injury prone guy to an extension is not the way to do it. It's poor asset management.
0: I agree. I, I agree. Um, and, and here's the worst case scenario. For this deal, worst case, he comes back. He plays like absolute garbage. Monahan can't do anything. He is essentially a seven million dollar fourth line winger. He's on an iron contract, and it's a team that it just really isn't expecting to do much. So there's no damage,
1: and they didn't give up anything for him. Matter of fact, they gained a first round pick, and I think that's exactly. why they wanted the first round pick in the deal. A yeah. in case Monahan doesn't play, maybe his hip—you know—maybe his injury's a lot worse. Yeah, or maybe he has a setback and he doesn't play. And two, if he plays and he's trash, and he just doesn't get it going, they're like, "Well, see you. Good luck in the off season."
0: <laughs> yeah, we just did Calgary a solid to take yeah. on that cap hit, which I want to—I want to point out, Brad Tree Living has done an amazing job this summer. Oh, like, unbelievable!
1: One week he lost everyone, and the next week he gained it all back.
0: I mean he's no Kyle Dubas, but he's done a great job. He
1: did give up a first to get rid of a guy though Kyle Dubas has done that twice,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in but when he did it, what was he picking up in return? He was he wasn't picking, he picking up caudrey
1: he, he was yeah, he was picking up Cadre when Kyle Dubas did, he didn't pick up anything. <laughs>
0: He's doing it so he can keep the guys on his roster. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. No one would be good for Toronto. Instead of having $11 million Tavares, they could have a $7 million cadre.
0: And a $4 million (laughs) defenseman. Yeah. Or winger.
1: Yeah, just just throwing that out there.
0: (laughs) Or $4 million to fill their bottom six. You know, technicalities. I'm not uh, saying that watching them fail in the first round every year has been absolutely hilarious, but no, no, I'm saying that. I'm saying it's been funny, and, and I'm hoping it continues. But anyway, good on Brad Tree Living for what he has done. Uh, they, I think he has extended their window uh, from going from playoff disappointment and losing two key pieces to what they have now on hand. I think they're better.
1: I think they are too. Uh their their center is going to be well they got Cadre. so yeah yeah I guess they're they're if not better they're at least the same. Um what hurt them in the I playoffs? Was, on the wing. What hurt them in the playoffs with defense and goaltending which was shocking cuz Markstrom's a good goalie. Um yeah. He just had a he just had a bad playoffs. Like he couldn't stop he couldn't stop a beach ball. Uh which was good for Edmonton because neither could Mike Smith, so uh, yeah, it's that that's all that happened to them. So if Markstrom can return to form in the playoffs like he was in the regular season, they have a chance. They have, they have a chance to be a, a
0: contender, especially in the West. It's kind of wide open right now. You know, Colorado's taking a little bit of a step back, not not a huge one, but a little bit. Um, so that opens things up for Calgary a bit. Uh, Vegas has no goaltending. I don't know
1: what Vegas is going to do. You
0: know know what? I I hope they lose, but finish just outside the top 10 because finish 15th because they deserve it. (laughs) Um, All right. So back to the Canadians, we're going to talk a little bit about the deadline. But before we do, when you're acquiring a great tasting beer, Check out Boxing Rock's puck off lagered ale. Uh, Boxing Rock is a brewery based in Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Uh, if you are anywhere near an NSLC and soon a New Brunswick Liquor Commission or PEI, you'll be able to pick up a case of a delicious Boxing Rock lagered ale, which really, really helps you finish off that beer league hockey game where you got your pocket picked and some really young punk made you look like absolute garbage. Puck off Lagerdale makes you forget that for a moment. Also uh, no name hockey. If you want to have custom equipment that makes you slightly better, not faster, but a better shot at the very least and look good. No name hockey can provide you the custom equipment that you need at uh, very low prices. So check them out. No name hockey. Use Habs 10 to get a 10% discount. Now, trade deadline. Sell, sell, sell.
1: Well, they have five expiring contracts at the trade deadline. At least three of those under the proper conditions can bring you a first round pick
0: two for sure dad and
1: off who consistently plays at a third line consistently is a top third line player who can who can pop up in the top six when you need be he can score you 20, 20 goals he, yeah. he's responsible defensively uh he'd be great for any team in the playoffs i'm not saying he's a first round but if he plays if Leckoning can get you a top prospect, a first round type prospect, Dadenov can as well. Um,
0: yeah, I can see that if he's on his pace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jake Allen. The goaltending first? situation in the NHL. Well, I'll look at the goaltending situation in the NHL right now. Dallas is looking for a goalie. Arizona's looking for a goalie. Vegas is looking for a goalie, even though my last article I said Nashville Predators, I meant Vegas Golden Knights. Um, (laughs) um, uh, They, I mean, Vegas is desperate. Come the trade deadline with injuries and slumps and stuff not working out, a goalie is going to be a high, high asset going into the playoffs. this is probable could bring in a first round pick i'm yeah. not saying they yeah. will i'm with saying with the right
0: it's conditions probable, with yeah. the right
1: conditions and then of course you have monahan depending on how well he plays uh like i said if he returns to form if he's even if he's a 50 point guy who's 52 to 55% in the face off dot and def, responsible defensively he could fetch a first round pick mm-hmm. the thing is is i don't see Hughes getting all first round picks um, no. or even if he has a chance to i don't see him trying to get because no one i'll tell you right now even the playoff contending teams don't really want to give up their 2023 first round pick
0: no and that's why i'm thinking maybe if he can get a first in 24 sure but i think he'll probably be leaning towards picking up the first round pick type prospects like he did with Barrett. correct
1: yeah. And, and I, I, that's what I think as well. I think he may go after one first round pick just to have the, uh, what do they have? Two first round picks now in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they have theirs in Florida's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if they can get a third, uh, that'd be great. However, two first round picks. I mean, what Arizona had three, I think last year, three or four. Um, yeah. If they can get two, three, perfect. And then go after, you know, a a type prospects uh or even a second round pick with a b type prospect for uh for you know um but if they go i i see a lot more of the baron scenario than i do of the first round pick scenario going to the next year's trade deadline
0: yeah i can see i can see if monahan's healthy getting something that high because he's a guy that uh consistently when he's healthy he attacks the middle of the ice he's able to play on the power play in a bumper position uh plays net front so these little those little things can help him up his value it, it's players like Drew Wang that i'm really really wondering what they can get for him like can can they if he's healthy uh get as much as a second round pick or more I,
1: it depends. Again, it depends on how Drew and if Drew is healthy. Now, the last two seasons, Drew has been missed a lot of time, but he was on yeah. a fifty-point pace each of the last two seasons. If he played a full eighty-two-game schedule, he's he's around fifty points. And for his career, he's a forty-eight-point average on eighty-two games. Um, for five and a half million, that's actually on par for today's NHL it's basically yeah, But
0: unmarked. The thing is he's got to be healthy for them to that, get him that just to get anything from him.
1: Now he says he's ready for next season, his wrist will never be the same, so he has to uh, change the way he plays a bit because of his wrist. Um, again, it's the it's a Monahan situation. If Drewin plays with all his skill and he's lights out and say he gets a, a 60 to 70 point season, you're looking at uh, first round High draft pick type, ass. Now, this is ass. I'm not saying that's what they're going to get for him, but at least they're going to ask for it. Or maybe even a young uh, NHL-established player who's you know around 25. Uh, right-handed defenseman would be nice. Um, so, again, it's all – if all these players play like out, you have a potential for four first-round picks if you want to ask for them. You're not going to get it, but you have the potential for that. Um, but even in the worst case scenario, like you said, they walk at the end of the season and you uh you continue on. Um,
0: yeah, there's a lot of youth that's going to be moving up yeah. here really soon. The Canadians have a ton of draft uh draft assets. I mean, they got what five first round picks in the next three years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think 11 top 90 picks overall in those three drafts. So you put in 42 already previously drafted prospects. Some of them are going to be on the NHL roster this year. I mean, it's not like the rebuild isn't already a little bit advanced. So maybe it's time to start. Oh, and whatever they get, they can use later on in in trades to get what they need. So you're not targeting, you know, right-handed defensemen in in a deal. Just get whatever you can, the best possible thing you can, and then try and get one later with some of those assets
1: yeah i mean they're they don't have to draft every pick we didn't think they would draft as much as they did last year but hey whatever they they did yeah and uh, yeah going forward i think montreal i'm looking at three years this being year two for montreal to uh the third years when i think they're going to start taking that step forward to uh yeah uh, to the playoffs. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be a contender in three years. I'm saying that's when it's, it's the same as the New York Rangers scenario. The New York Rangers pretty much started putting everything together the third year. Um, and uh, I don't see Jeff Gorton that it's working for Rangers. So why would Gorton, uh, Gorton started that rebuild? Why would he uh, do something different here in Montreal? But then again, it all depends on the young guys coming up. So Lasky and Caulfield and Suzuki start killing it. Um, you know, Primo ends up being that uh, goalie we thought he was going to be. Uh uh Gooley, Harris Barron all take that step this year and show, you know, our defense isn't as bad as we thought it was. Um you never know. You you, you know you you never know.
0: You Even never if know. they don't just suddenly step in and become these things right away, if they're showing the progression Correct. towards yeah. that uh I think that's the the main goal this year. I mean, that's they kept, uh, Saint Louis is apparently really motivating the guys towards that goal. Okay. They hired Robida, who is a player development uh, director for the Leafs. It, it seems to be the direction that the Canadians are taking, and it's to focus on development. Now, on the NHL roster, we're, we should take a look at the line combos. What do we think they're going to be? So why don't we start with the defense, because that's fairly simple. In comparison, because there's fewer defensemen.
1: I think you're gonna have Mathis and Savard as your first line.
0: Uh I, I can see that. I could Puck Mover and yeah. a stay at home guy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh Edmondson and I want to say Barron, but I wouldn't be surprised if Barron's in Laval as well. Um so it'll be him and maybe Schooneman, maybe if he makes the team. And then your your fourth pairing, I think, will be Harris slash maybe Gooley with uh, Weidman. That's what I think it's going to be. Yeah.
0: If Barron is being sent to Laval for more time, I can see Schumann being the the fill-in because St. Louis seemed to really like him last season. And he's a guy that organizationally, whether he does well or not, he's he's essentially a fill-in. He is there to mark time. Uh, I think Weidman is an interesting player in that they kept him. He could help power play. He could. I mean, he put up some decent points last year, but he's a guy who he had to battle his way back to the league. He's He, he doesn't have the uh, traditional talent. You know, the guys that make the NHL usually have this one outstanding skill or multiple skills. And with him, nothing really sticks out. He's more of a guy that he's a a -a work-a-day kind of player, a lunch pail guy. He works hard. So that's the kind of thing you want the young guys to see, the young guys to emulate. So I think that's an interesting uh, player to keep on the the roster. And pairing him up with a young guy like Goulier Harris, whoever stays, I think could work out, especially on that third pair where they're not exposed to top Top players, maybe throw them in on the power play. E- ease, ease the young guys in.
1: I, I mean, I, I, and when it comes to the young guys, I think you're going to see a lot of uh rotation. Uh, yeah. you're going to between Laval and uh Montreal, unless Harris or Barron or Gooley, one of them just starts right from the get go being there. But I see a lot of like, I'll see. You know, if Harris is in and Gooley's not, I see Gooley going to Laval maybe for, and then Barron will come up and he'll get a few games in. And then, but you know, they, they they're they don't need to be wavered. They don't need to be anything. It'll just be a matter of let's get uh, maybe even uh, Arbor Jacki gets a few games in when when he when he comes up uh, mm-hmm. last year. He had an excellent camp for Montreal. He was just wasn't they they wanted to send him to the OHL for more uh, for more development, which was the right move. Um but this year, who knows? Maybe he, you know, if he can catch up to the speed of the NHL, uh, he could be your Romanoff replacement with a little bit less offensive skill, but um, you know, because he can hit. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. He's not afraid to, but uh he got some he got some uh it's the word I'm looking for, not attitude change, but uh hockey smarts when it comes to when to drop the gloves and when to you know, be a pest.
0: Um, And he'd be less likely to be penalized like he was in the OHL. The OHL has been cracking down on fights and on players playing that style of hockey. He's more of a throwback to the 90s in that he plays mean. He he, When he hits, he hits to hurt. When he fights, he fights to hurt. It's kind of a throwback to those 1990s type defenders. And I mean, a, a guy like that in your bottom pair with that kind of jam if he can figure out the speed of the nhl i think that's a good pickup eventually um but for the forwards the big question is where do you play slavoski i
1: i know everyone wants him on a line with uh suzuki and caulfield and that I don't mind that at all, but now you're throwing him into the fire by him facing the top lines every night because that's what, uh, I mean, unless St. Louis doesn't match lines um, or he does the old, uh, like back in the 80s and 90s when they threw the third line out up against the top, uh, the top line when they could because that was the defensive line. Um, but I see Slavoski doing what Suzuki did, starting maybe on the third line and working his way up depending on how well he plays. Uh, I have no issue with that. I have no issue with him starting in Laval. I have no issue mm-hmm. with him starting in the OHL with uh, London, I believe it is. Windsor.
0: Oh. Um, I I honestly don't think that's going to be an option. It's either Finland, Laval, or Montreal.
1: Well, Montreal wants him to play in the North in North America and get used to North American ice. So,
0: so more likely Laval. More likely Laval. If, than not, like Laval, if, there's if he's not, he's not going to on be on the NHL roster, yeah. yeah.
1: And, um, and he doesn't need nine I mean, games. because he doesn't need He can play more than nine games if he wants. He can play 15 games and they can decide to send him down to Laval. It doesn't matter.
0: Um, yeah, but, at that point, his first year is being burned off either way because he, yeah. he would be playing pro in the in Laval. It's the correct. 40 game mark that they have to look for because at the 40 game mark in the NHL, that takes you one year closer to UFA correct That's the, that's the mark to watch.
1: But I mean, if he, like I say, if he's killing it, if he's, uh, if he, if he's, I don't say killing it, like he doesn't need to be scoring, you know, 30 goals, 60 points. He just needs to not look at a place in the NHL. He just needs to look like he deserves to be there. Um, if he can do that, then he's going to stay on the roster and move his way maybe up to the first line with the uh, uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. If not, I can see Drew and starting on that first line, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, with Doc coming in once he's signed, I think. Uh, yeah, I can see Joy being up on that line, and with Doc, uh, I think you're right. Monahan's probably going to be there uh, on his wing. I think he's going to be on his wing yeah. to help out a little bit. Uh, on the other side, maybe Gallagher um, or Anderson. Or Anderson. Yeah, uh, I would. I would prefer Anderson because so he brings I. a little bit more speed. Yeah, and if you put Gallagher on that third, third line with Slavkovsky on the other wing, I think that's the that's the mentorship you kind of want yeah. for Slavkovsky,
1: with Dvorak in the center as the third with as, as the third center. center.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I he'll cover that. the defensive side a little bit, and uh, that way he'll ease Slavkovsky, in, and Slavkovsky can watch what Gallagher does, and kind of emulate some of that that work ethic. I think he's already got some of that. He's He's clearly a freaking beast. I mean, he almost destroyed that bike in the first day. Can you
1: imagine uh, a six foot three Gallagher?
0: If that's what he turns into, (laughs) uh, heaven be.
1: Can you imagine that going to the net and being like Gallagher in front of the net? I
0: would. I would say that I'm glad I'm not that goalie or (laughs)
1: defender. I mean Gallagher's size, you could kind of rough them up a little bit, but Slavosky is just going to be like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
0: okay. You tickle ribs.
1: I will break you. you. silly little man. <laughs>
0: you so silly little man. Uh, um, uh, all right. So I think that's pretty much it for this uh, portion. Uh, what we're going to do is we well, up the show. I, I just
1: want to throw something out there about the fourth line. If if this is our yeah. lines, your fourth line is Evans, Dadanov, and Huffman.
0: Well, Hoffman. I mean, he's a defensive liability. So, if Dad and Hoffman, Evans can sort it out, great. Uh, Evans, uh, Evans. Hoffman is going to be your power play specialist. They're yeah. going to want to jack up his numbers so they can get rid of him. Right now, I don't think anyone wants him.
1: Not with his four and a half million contract.
0: No, no, with another year on top of it. Yeah, this is no Toffoli here.
1: So, so, so there's this going back. To, I know you want to move on, but here's the situation: you have Hoffman, you have Drewen. You have Monahan. You have all these guys, you got to showcase. So they're all going to have to play top nine minutes. Where it, there's going to be a lot of rotation going around with these lines. Um, I think they might have one fixed line. That'll be Suzuki Cough. Kauff- I think you'll have pairings like what uh yeah. uh Ducharme used to do. You'll have Suzuki always with Caulfield, you'll have Doc always with Monaghan, Gallagher always with the and Evans always with Evans will be the one that's probably going to have the rotating with that enough. Yeah. So, and then all these other guys will just rotate around depending on the game. They'll rotate around the, uh, the other spots.
0: And the call-ups, the kids call being called up back and forth, plug them in, plug and play kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so I think that pretty much does it for this, the 272nd episode. What we're going to do is we're going to split this up into two shows. Um, the live on YouTube will continue, but for those of uh, those of you listening uh, to Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, we're going to end the show here. Be sure to check out uh, the the release following day because we're running short on time. So, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to to us so far. Uh, if you're listening to us online and not watching, thank you. Uh, We appreciate everything you've done. Be sure to check out all of our sponsors. And again, if you're talking about it, so are we.